Hey everybody, this is episode 43 of the Q&A podcast. Uh, my name is Anthony, sitting right next to me as always is my pal DeQuincy. Oh yeah! And I guess you can tell what we're going to be talking about today by that intro. Um, talking some wrestling. Some wrestling as well. Oh yeah. Just not sports entertainment. Um, we're, what, two weeks away from the Royal Rumble. Uh, starting to shape up the Rumble at least. The card... Can't say it the same, um, but uh, it's been kind of disappointing past couple of weeks, really, with Raw. Um, last night's episode was was no different. It came crashing down fast. Remember the last Raw, two thousand fourteen? You're like, this is the best Raw. It really was, the- and you were like excited. You loved it, and we we're not even what three weeks into the new year, and already we're monumentally disappointed. The the very next episode of Raw after that incredible way to finish to finish off 2014, they fire three guys and they play Lex Luger's old music from 1993 uh, at the very end, <laughs> celebrating John Cena. So, and I don't know what they're doing with Roman Reigns, man. It has been we've already had this discussion. Disaster. Roman Reigns is becoming the um, what is he again? He's um. I read somewhere the was it the Samoan Cena? Yeah, he's become. I'm sorry, I couldn't remember what his race was. He's Samoan Cena now. The promos are just terrible, man. They are god awful. And but we expected that. We both said that he wasn't good on the mic. Yeah, but see, that's that's where it's really, really. This, that's where they're really messing up is that they're trying to they're trying to make his promos too much like Cena's promos, where Cena for a while was able to get through it. I mean. His his rapper gimmick, mm-hmm. he was really able to, to hone his skills on the mic by having to do all those those rhymes and stuff like that. You know, early <laughs> those rhymes and flow and urban talk. Yeah, all that jive. And uh, and he, and he got through with it. He got by with it. But Reigns isn't that kind of guy. He's he's not the kind of guy that can be like that. That can be this wannabe hip hop guy or whatever. He's he should just be a badass. Because he looks like a badass and he sounds like a badass. He just get on the mic and like grunt and yeah. throw the microphone down and just punch people. But there you go, there's your gimmick. We're talking. We had him doing what nursery rhymes the other the mm-hmm. last on Raw last night talking about Jack and the Beanstalk, which is just painful to watch. Uh, gosh, was he doing suffering succotash the week before on SmackDown? Which I gotta say, I liked that promo because he totally as 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 awkward of a position as he is right now with these promos and with the fact that everybody does recognize that he's not ready mm-hmm. and he's still not refined on the mic. I feel like you and I and wrestling fans as a whole recognize that. Vince McMahon does not recognize that. And I think he gave that nod to the fans saying, okay, but when he did that wink, when he said, when he said suffering succotash or whatever, and then he said, you know, that was really hard to say. And then he winked at the camera, which was... Breaking the fourth wall a little bit, but still awesome. And which you went insane about, like you I were watching, and I was I was writing or reading, and you like literally tapped me and said, "Look at this, watch, watch, watch!" And rewind it because it was hilarious. He was totally poking at the the wrestling nerds, the wrestling marks, whatever you want to call them. You know, he was totally telling them, "Look, I get it, okay." Um, it's just it's been really tough watching him because. He he has the look. He's got the he's got the athleticism. 
he's starting to put together some good matches. That match he had with uh, with Luke Harper this past Monday was really good, mm-hmm. and it was good for him because Luke Harper is a guy that can that can wrestle anybody. I mean, he wrestled a much smaller guy than Dolph Ziggler. And had some fantastic matches. Talk with, about with two Ziggler. guys that I'm surprised. Luke Harper and um, uh, Rowan. Just two guys that I just thought they were going to be back up to Bray Wyatt. Who've really come into their own the past two months. We, yeah, we talked about that the last time, uh, our last wrestling episode. But look at Luke Harper. He's also, the, first, the first one of the, of the three of the former Wyatt family that's won a singles title. Uh, he's been in major storylines ever since. And he's been a pretty dominant character. Uh, the whole way through, Rowan is now in this spot where he's getting mm-hmm. fired on television. Or yeah, because on-screen firings always stick. <laughs> yeah, and he uh, he's awesome. been putting some bad matches against the Big Show. I mean, just matches that don't allow him to fully utilize his skill set. First off, there are no good matches with the Big Show. I mean, you're taking on someone who's that big and. That basically someone who is not like anybody else on the roster fighting him is going to be awkward for anybody because it's not like you practice against that body type all the time. Well, it's awkward. I think it's awkward for for big guys that are almost as big as the Big Show, which is the case for for Rowan. But I think a guy like Dean Ambrose can have a good match against the Big Show because it's it's real a smaller man against the large, you know, not almost David and Goliath oh, type. But took the words out of my mouth. But you tend to reserve that. That term for, I mean, you know, major, major matches. And we're looking at potentially Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar. That's a true David and Goliath matchup. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Dean Ambrose is the kind of guy. He's He is in that macho man Randy Savage mold where in the 90s when Savage was fighting the Giant, uh, in, in Big Show, in WCW, those, those matches where you had this giant man Going up against a you know an average sized you know little dude essentially, uh, and putting on good matches, putting on good entertaining matches that you know are fast paced because the smaller man uh, can keep it going, and the big guy you know the, the big show is a he can keep up because he doesn't have to move around as much. He he can stand there and take you know the onslaught, but at the same time still be dominant and just with one clubbing blow. Uh, and slow the match down to hit, you know to bring it to a pace that that he you know he's comfortable with, uh, but at the same time making it entertaining and, and uh, catching your attention. But when you've got two big lumbering guys like Big Show and Eric Rowan, it's they're pretty much just going to stand there as yeah. as athletic as the Big Show is trying to become when he's doing sunset flips in the middle of the ring, uh, which was awesome last year. That was. Pretty pretty outstanding, I, I must say. When that's the that's the most you're going to see from him. Yeah, uh, I think. <laughs> but sorry, but those two guys, they're just two guys like that are just they don't match up well. Oh, let, okay. Let's get back to the point. Let's get back. We ramble. We keep rambling sure, on these podcasts. Yeah. Uh, Rain, let's get back to him. He's not ready. Well, we said that multiple times. <laughs> yeah. He. Uh, um, can I ask you a question? Sure. Getting off topic. After I said, let's get back on topic. How do you feel about the authority? Well, I mean, obviously they brought him back too soon. Um, the whole people running the, the, you know, the organization or whatever. The people, the organization. Yeah, the people that are, that are in, that are in charge. I mean, look, we've seen it time and time again. You know, it was it was revolutionary 
back in the 90s with, you know, with Vince. Vince versus Stone Cold. Right. And even in WCW when, kind of, when Bischoff joined the NWO and the, the man who was in charge uh, finally joins the most dominant organization, you know, in I'll wrestling. I'll take your word for it. Um, those, were, those were revolutionary plots because they that stuff didn't happen in the 70s and 80s and whatnot. You know, it was... It was the good guy versus the bad guy. There was no concept of, of a boss mm-hmm. that's running the show and getting involved in the show. You know, um, only until the 90s when they were running out of ideas and they came up with this this gimmick. Let, let's, let's get involved. You know, we're calling the shots anyways. Let's get involved. Let's let's make things happen. Let's well, get involved. already started that, right? What's that? The Montreal screw job. Right. Yeah, I mean... You know, the reality started to seep over into the storyline. Uh, yeah. But it's like ever since then, they have not stopped with that mm-hmm. that gimmick. Whether it's, it may not, sure, it, you know, in the mid-2000s, it, it wasn't necessarily, you know, the good guy versus Vince McMahon or Stephanie. Remember when we had Stephanie. Vince McMahon versus uh, Ric Flair, was it? When they had Raw and SmackDown separated? Yeah. But you also, but even even then, you had you also had you know the good guy versus the general manager, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the anonymous GM, yeah, or you know Teddy Long or uh, or John Laurinaitis, you know Vicky Guerrero, those those people that were, you know, you had Survivor Series teams, you know, going up against these you know management roles, these management teams. Right? I feel like that's why I'm bored with the storyline because we've seen it so many times in the past fifteen years. Yeah, and the best one was by far the the I would say the first one, Vince versus Stone Cold, that started it all. And it seems like ever since then we've gotten retreads, and it's get it's gotten worse and worse. And right now I'm so uh, what's wrong? Disenfranchised with Stephanie and Triple H running the show. I mean, they're good at what, they're good at their characters. They're good heels. You know, they really get the crowd going and really make the crowd hate them, but. I still can't wrap my my mind around the fact that two years ago, everybody in the WWE walked out on Triple H because they felt it wasn't safe, and now everybody's too scared for their job to do anything. Yeah. It's like, which one is it? You can't have it both ways. Apparently, you can't. Uh, <laughs> because they completely forgot. They, they erased that from the books, um, from the history books, essentially. And you've got... Oh, do you... The same. Do you do you like where they are on the show and their position? Like basically their storyline just is right now is just stick it to John Cena. Uh, not really because last year it was stick it to D, uh, not to uh, to Daniel Bryan, Bryan. You know, and they're just kind of plugging these guys in in this role. And um, I, I feel think, like I think the Cena Lesnar feud as tired and played out as that's become. Mm-hmm. Could could that that feud that still that feud still stands on its own merit without the involvement of the authority? You know what else hurts? Like the last year when we talked about authority versus Daniel Bryan, it was believable because you know he's a smaller, scrawnier guy. You can see them not wanting him to be the champion. John Cena, he's the man who runs the entire corporation. He's the meal ticket. Exactly. It's hard to believe that they wouldn't want to strap the title on that guy. The right. guy is there um, night in and night out. I just don't understand. Like, it's hard for me to 
wrap my head around that storyline. And so when I'm watching them interfere with Cena or firing his buddies, I'm like in disbelief. Like, wait a minute, really? The guy who makes all the money, you're going to be mad at him and not give the title? Come on now. And you're still, you know, you could very well fire him and you're, you're not going to fire him if he's causing that much trouble for exactly. you. Exactly. It, yeah, I mean, it's just getting tired and played out. I mean, they they should just go back right now, you know, for, for a little while to just regular feuds where these guys are fighting for the title. That You know, the title is the most important thing. You the wouldn't title, know because it's only been on TV, what, three times in the past month? Not just not just the, the heavyweight, the world heavyweight title, but the Intercontinental title, the United States title. You know, these... All of these people that that are champions, they're all they all play into this authority story at, at, at different times, and it takes away from it takes away from the uh, from the the challenge of of defending the title and the you know the um, the drive to win the title you know whoever you know depending on the, the combatants and. You know, with Ziggler, when he was the IC title holder, it was, well, he's the Intercontinental title holder. He's going to defend the title every night because he's opposed to the authority. Where, if you just, if there's no authority if it's just these guys are, are defending, you know, he's defending the title each week because uh, he's challenging someone every week or someone's calling him out every week. I think that makes for compelling television right now because it's, Somewhat different, you know, from it goes 30 years back instead of what we've seen for the past 15 years. And we haven't seen that stuff from the 80s in a long time where it's just two guys are fighting over a title or two guys just have a feud because they don't like each other. I know there are people that listen to this and ask the same question. You guys complain all the time. Why do you watch it? Because you're hoping for change. You're hoping that it's going to change and you're going to see something impactful that's going to grip you. Change Um, we can believe in. Yeah, I and, have it. and it's it's tough, you know, especially since it's a three-hour show. I mean, it, it's it's a long night that I I can sometimes I'm not lately I have not been getting through the whole show. Um, I have to go you know go back and watch it you know the next day or whatever or, you know rewind where I you know mm-hmm. uh, luckily you know we've got access to DVRs and whatnot and we can. You know, go back if we need to, but um, you know, you know, for fifteen me, years ago, it was definitely must see. You yeah. couldn't miss it because well, we fifteen years ago, I, it was a better product. Yeah, for me, I um, I do the Ashley routine. Our friend Ashley Elliott, where I just record it, and if I read on Twitter or I read through or I read a dirt sheet that says something exciting happened the night before, I'll watch it. But usually now Monday nights are reserved for writing and you know thinking of ideas for our next podcast and you know catching up on other tv shows i miss like gotham on the flash or arrow yeah. and i like i haven't recorded but i'm not really watching it i'm like out of the three hours how much do you think you actually watch well last night i watched probably two hours worth um and then off and on i fell asleep during that last hour yeah same here. I will get to that third. No, when is there like a lull between between like after an hour and a half going into that third hour? 
Yeah, they were. It just it seems like they're just pulling names out of a hat and telling them to go wrestle. And, and I just lose it. And it seems like they do that as well to let the fans in the audience recover as well. Mm-hmm. And but so they can be on ready. TV. Oh no, it's awful on TV because the the crowd is not into the show. It's a, and it's a long night for people that are at the stadium because they record the. I think they filmed Superstars before that, um, which goes on the network, mm-hmm. and they open the doors early because and they also have dark matches before and, and after, after the shows. We've seen those. You're, you're when looking they come at a to Houston four four and a half hour show that you you go to that you're attending. I mean that's brutal for any audience, and it 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 you know it affects the the product that we see on television because a lot of times the fans or the crowds are lame. They don't they they're just not into it because probably they don't have the energy they to get, get into bored. it. They get bored. They get bored and they're tired. I, mean, I imagine you're tired. And also, like I would imagine, like during the year, like during the school year. I mean, who's taking their kid to watch wrestling for four hours? You got school the next day, yeah. kid. I would like to see like um, how many people in the upper bowl actually leave after you know eight o'clock. Because you know you got, especially around Houston, you got to fight traffic, get home, <laughs> um, tell little Timmy to go to bed and get ready for school the next day, and you got to work the next day. Got to get yourself ready. Yeah. Too. I don't know. It just seems like it's an inferior product. And I don't want to sound like one of those old fogey guys, like, oh, it's better back in my day. But that's what it feels like to me. Um, if there's someone who thinks I'm wrong, please, you know, tweet us and tell me why, how so. Well, here, I, I was watching, you know, we talked about it last time, but, you know, I watched the, uh, oh, no, we didn't talk about it last time, because this was before, this just happened in the new year already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I watched the the New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, Wrestle King Wrestle Kingdom Nine. Yes, uh, two weeks ago, uh, that first Sunday of the new year. That pay per view was not nine ninety nine. No, it wasn't. Um, but it wasn't forty. It wasn't forty five ninety nine either. Mm-hmm. You know, it was actually pretty pretty fair price. Um, but they brought it to the you know they they brought the feed to the United States mm-hmm. um, because they. New Japan partnered with Jeff Jarrett's Global Force Wrestling, um, and he brought in Jim Ross and Matt Stryker to do commentary for the uh, the North American audience, you know, for the pay-per-view buyers. And that's why I bought it, because I figured, okay, well, there's an English, you know, uh, broadcast that I can, I can watch and watch these Japanese wrestlers go. And it was fantastic. I mean, some of these matches were just unbelievable. And there was some of the no matches, like the tag team match that we watched, it felt like if you ever played a fighting game and you have all the combo moves and you got your full special meter, they just hit finisher after finisher within a 15-minute stretch. I mean, they were going nonstop. And it was... It kept you engaged the whole match. And that went for a majority of the matches. Now, some, some of the matches with some of the older guys were, you know... Kind of boring, you know. Just I didn't like know a, Jeff any, Jarrett still wrestled, so that was a surprise yeah. to me. Just like any, you know, just like any you know, mid card match between two guys you really don't care about mm-hmm. here in the states, it was just kind of that same thing. But the title matches meant something, you know. The titles were the focus of of why these guys were fighting. This is, you know, they were putting it all on the line, you know, because they wanted the title. Mm-hmm. 
and it, that was for the intercontinental title, for the for the uh, heavyweight title, for the junior heavyweight title, um, and then the, the tag division titles. There's junior junior heavyweight or junior heavyweight tag titles, and then the heavyweight tag titles. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Now we're talking about Japan wrestling. Is AJ Styles the best wrestler who never made it to the WWE? Uh, and he is now. Yeah. Um. Ta- yeah, I guess talent wise, he probably is. Um, we probably never will because he's like 33, 34. He's 36. 36? Yeah. And I swear, these wrestlers are always older than you think they are. Like, we were talking about Rowan and um, what was the other guy? Harper. Harper. They're like sneakily into their mid 30s. Yeah. Uh, Ziggler's in his 30s. Ryback's in his 30s. Uh, Daniel Bryan's in his 30s. It's not like 31, 32. These guys are like 34. Somewhere between thirty-five to thirty-seven, you're like, good God! Yeah, no, uh, no, uh, Rowan Harper in their early thirties, thirty-three and thirty-four, I think. Um, but They're that's still older than you thought they would be. Yeah, because they haven't been around; they haven't been on TV as much. Um, and AJ Styles is the guy. You know, a lot of people say it shouldn't matter how old he is right now because he's still that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, he's not making it to the WWE, is he? No, he, he won't. And for him, he doesn't need to. Uh, the WWE, I think, would be better off with him for even if it's for two years as a you know as a guy they bring in. But uh, he's doing fine on the indie scene uh, and in New Japan. I mean, he's he's doing really well. In New Japan. He's part of the Bullet Club, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically uh, the new version of the NWO. You know our uh, this generation's NWO, uh, and they pretty much got the blessings from the original members of the NWO. Uh, from what I heard on Twitter, um, they said, "Go for it!" You know, they used the the two sweet sign, and you know, they've got the black and white, you know, logo uh, color scheme, I guess, for their T-shirts and stuff. And you know, they're a dominant, you know, faction. Uh, but the show, you know, the the Wrestle Kingdom show was great. I mean, these guys put it all on the line, and there was no there weren't promos from, you know, management or authority figures that are, you know, trying to foil these these popular wrestlers because they're all popular. Whether they're good or bad, they're, they're guys that the fans, you know, respect what they do in the ring. Um, and they know which people to boo, you know, you know, they know who to boo and they know who to cheer for. Um, and in turn, the... The performers respond. I mean, they they show why they're supposed to be booed and why you're supposed to cheer for them. Um, and it was probably one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. Um, and and that's kind of the the that's kind of the uh, I guess shared opinion right now. I think that's what most people are saying that that saw this program for the first time. I've never seen Japanese wrestling, uh, and it was a great show. And you know, I think if they do another pay-per-view with, you know, English uh, broadcast. Broadcasters will probably get it as well. Alright. Now, we're done talking about real wrestling for right now. Let's talk about some (laughs) fantasy wrestling. Sure. Um, You asked me this question about a week or so ago, and we're going to talk about the podcast. I still really don't have an answer for it. If you were a wrestler, what would your gimmick be? Oh, man. That's... That's... uh... That's one of the toughest questions I, I, I'll probably get all week. Uh, what would be my wrestling gimmick? Okay. I don't know. I think I'm not 
But first off, let me ask, are you a heel or a face? I think I would wind up being... I think I could wind up being a heel. I don't know. So look at that hair. The woman be all over you. you you're a face. You're too nice. You don't have the grit and the toughness and the determination to turn heel. Yeah, but I think I could maybe do like a chicken shit heel. Where I'm, I'm, I'm backing away and no, 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 you know, and then all of a sudden throw the cheap shot at you or something like that. Um, or I could be the, the, you know, the I could be maybe like a, you know, a, a Chris Jericho, early Chris Jericho type where he's, you know, he's whined and complained a lot. Um, or, uh, you know, the kind of heel that is just kind of annoying. It's like, oh, God, like, please, someone just, just knock this guy out. I wonder if our listeners say that on their daily basis. <laughs> By either one of us, to be honest with you. Uh, what would your interest music be? Ooh. Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, if some... Nothing. Not like heavy metal, but maybe like an alt-rock. An alt-rock theme. Alt-rock. Alt-rock intro. No, pick a song. You get to pick any song you want. Versa Man, open. you're the superstar. You're the next big thing. Versa Man opens up the bank. You can have any song you want. Ooh, man, that's... Have to get back to me on that one. Oh, no, you gotta pick a song here because I'm doing the same thing. Oh man, I'd have to go through my iPod. I would have to go through a lot of songs. Go through your iPod right now and pick a song. Go ahead. This is. What what song would you go with? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm gonna talk about my persona. I would definitely be healed. It's more fun, for one. (laughs) Um,. I think I told told you, I was probably starting with like the bodyguard of someone, like uh, how Dave Batista came in. As a what was it, Deacon Batista? Yeah, for uh, what was it, Reverend Devon? Reverend Devon, yep. And um, I probably start as like the bodyguard for some heel, and then eventually just betray them and go off my own way to um, capture a title because I'm greedy like that. It's all about me. <laughs> me and mine and what I want. So you turn your back, yeah, backstab. I would backstab. Whoever I was supposed to be uh, the bodyguard for, and say, "What about me? What about my wants and my dreams?" And then we'd feud for like six <laughs> months, and I, I, I would still come out of it being a heel. I don't think I would ever want to be face. I know I could pull it off. I, I know I could pull off face. I mean, I, I would, I could definitely be uh, a champion for the for the uh, the nerds out there. Yeah, or the you know the the underdog. I think it could be an underdog type of. So Daniel Bryan. Oh, yeah, face. <laughs> uh huh. Face seems so boring. Yeah, more fun. And uh, I think attention being the heel, being the bad guy. Uh, you you're looking right now, aren't you? I am. I'm thinking Dave Matthews Band. Oh, no, no. <laughs> inside joke. <laughs> such an inside joke. Should we explain that one to the people? Oh no! Oh <laughs> come on! Another day. All right. We always say that that, that that new day never comes. Oh, God. Please don't get me started on the new day. Please don't get me started on the new day. It is the worst gimmick ever because it's always the same gimmick. We have a couple of black guys in the riots. Let's get them all happy with church music, dancing, and singing. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I think I would go something along the lines, maybe like a, a Lenny Kravitz type song. Oh, God. Or, uh, yeah, I'm with Lenny Kravitz. You don't, you don't like Lenny Kravitz? No, I'm trying to think of a song that, like, I want a song that when it comes out, it just, it hits you. So I'm trying to Bell think of a song. Bell 
Is that what you were doing? I'm poisoned to everything. <laughs> everything he touches, this man kills. He is poison. I had a song in mind. Now I'm thinking of changing it. I'll give you $5 right now. You pick a Nickelback song. Oh, I'll pass on <laughs> You just oh. lost $5, my friend. Maybe a Red, Red Hot Chili Pepper song. We can't stop. I think that would be a good one. Perhaps. I think it could get the people going. Mm-hmm. Well, being a black superstar, Vince would no doubt make me come out to hip-hop. So let me think of a song. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead and talk right quick while I think of a song. Because I have one in mind. Yeah, I, I think I could... I could pull off either gimmick, I think. I, I think, um, you know, I would probably have to start out as a face uh, and then maybe turn on the fans later on. I could probably do that. I think that would be fun to turn heel. I want to be healed just so I can, like, when I'm walking out the entrance, I'm grabbing a little kid's sign. I just rip it up and throw it in front of him. Such a dick heel. My fear is that I would, the worst for me is I think I would, I would do my best to, because I think the the way I look and the way that you know people you know perceive me, I think I would get a little too close to maybe that Miz character, <laughs> the one that fans really don't like and are just annoyed with it. You know, they don't hate him; they're just like, more annoyed by him. Uh, and I definitely don't want to be an, an annoying kind of guy. Um, I think it. But, you know how you become an annoying guy? You come out to Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> you would get booed the second your your song hits. Oh, I'd have to turn right back around. Yeah. I'd have to go backstage. <laughs> uh, I think right now the song that's winning for me is the In Paris song with Jay-Z and Kanye. I think the song that's winning for me. Ball so hard. Ah. Uh. Can't use the whole title because we cannot. I can say that word, but you can't, honky. All right. Um. So I, I can't believe we both think we'd be heels. I think I would be heel and just stay that way. I don't think I'd ever turn a face. Yeah, I mean, I, I could. I know I could pull off the baby face gimmick, mm-hmm. but I think eventually down the line, I would have to probably turn heel some way. Like just because I can, I know I could be. I wouldn't mind being a Weasley heel, you know. Uh, the kind that needs a bodyguard to protect me. Yeah, exactly. I just don't, like I said, I kind of mentioned it earlier, earlier, but, and then just right now with the Miz talk, but I hope I wouldn't be the, uh, a, uh, uh, you know, a whiny type of heel, an annoying type of heel. I could definitely pull off, like, you know, cowardly or whatever, but. What would your wrestling attire consist of? Uh, I would probably come on just some, uh, like, tr- just regular trunks, I think. I'm coming out with, like, basketball shorts. <laughs> You're not going with the uh, Dolph Ziggler, um, what was it called? The, no, I would come out. Define to, trunks. They would be, like, the boxer brief type. Oh, okay. Sh- you know, like, short, mm-hmm. like, short shorts, I guess. You don't want the singlet? No, really. I think if I'm, if I'm a wrestler, I'm gonna get in good shape where I can I can show off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Can't right now, but yeah, like ditto. If, if I were in that, if I were in that position, I would I'd show off like uh, like Seth Rollins does. He he clearly you mean the American Gladiator Seth Rollins he clearly enjoys not being in that uh, 
those uh, those bodyguard or those you know um, what is it you know he's got the the vest. Oh, the um, riot gear. Riot gear. He clearly enjoys not be not having to wear riot gear anymore. No. He he's a he's a CrossFitter. He's a good. He's in great shape, but he's he's uh, he's not afraid to show off. Yeah, I'm so. proud to show it to you. So Look at my abs. You should pretty much. Uh, so, anything else you want to talk about wrestling? Um, I don't know. We're oh, the book. Oh well, yeah. It came out what? It came out two well, years first, ago. Though. Well, first off, let's get the title of the book. You know, maybe we can help sales. Uh, okay, I just got you just got this book for Christmas. Freaking uh, Secret Santa. It's called The Square Circle: Life, Death, and Pro- Professional Wrestling. Uh, written by David Shoemaker, aka The Masked Man. You Big fan of this guy. Yeah, you can catch The Masked Man on Grantland. He writes there also with his podcast with Peter Rosenberg called Cheap Heat. One of our personal favorites. Yeah, big fan of The Masked Man. And, uh, and now, and now uh, Rosenberg. So, um, you told me earlier you've been jumping around from chapter to chapter. So, tell me, um, how is it? It's pretty good. I mean, it talks about... Basically, this is covering... Wrestlers who have died. <laughs> so uh, all of them? A lot of them. Uh, probably the best chapter I've read so far, because I've been kind of skipping around, um, was the uh, Rick Rude, Ravishing Rick Rude mm-hmm. um, chapter. But, you know, there's cha- there's a chapter on Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. Uh, the British he's still breathing, isn't he? What's up? Uh, Mr. Perfect, he's still breathing, isn't he? No, no, he, he died. Uh, when? About 10 years ago. Really? Yeah. Wow, I am out the game. Uh, there's a chapter on the Macho Man Randy Savage, who... Oh, we completely forgot about that. I'm sorry. ...was just inducted, or has been announced that he will be inducted in this year's uh, 2015 class of uh, WWE Hall of Fame, so, which is long overdue. Uh, pretty exciting. And we both know why. Yeah. And uh, Hulk Hogan apparently is going to induct him uh-huh. or say the speech. But uh, back to the book. I mean, it's it's really in depth. It's really thorough with uh, going over these wrestlers, and um, it kind of goes in uh, almost, a, I guess, the chrono- chronological order of, of when they passed away. No, no, it doesn't. But it it, it covers it covers like the guys who were. Uh, it covers guys who. Who were impact? Who impacted the different eras? Uh-huh. So it looks at the early, early days. You know, the fifties, the golden era. Uh, and then it looks at the, the guys from the seventies and eighties. Uh, is there then, a chapter in there on the bulldog? Yeah, there is. Uh, uh, kind of the nineties era, uh, and then you know, it looks at you know the, the modern, the modern era, where it finishes off with uh, the uh, the stories of Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero. It's the final chapter um, because of the impact they had on the business. Those are two rough chapters right there. Yeah. Um, Each one for different reasons. Uh, What's your favorite chapter so far? Uh, So far it's been the Rick Rude chapter. You know, he's um, just one of the first kind of guys that was uh, of our, I guess, of the late, the early modern era who was... uh, Mm -hmm. A really, really um, vain and uh, show-offy type of guy. 
I mean, you had guys like you know superstar Billy Graham in the seventies and, and guys like that who who liked to pose and, and stuff like that. But um, Rick Rude definitely took it up. You know, he he really um, established himself as a unique heel with the way he uh, insulted the crowd and and you know. Uh, put down basically every man in the building, you know, because they weren't they weren't man enough. Uh, they like him and stuff like that. Uh, and a guy who loved hitting on women in the crowd and stuff. And it was, um, it was it's been a good chapter so far. It was a good chapter. Uh, but again, you know, it's tough, you know, when you find out that a lot of, all these guys are, you know, have already left us. And you know, he was a young man when he died. He was like forty years old, I believe. And wrestlers die young. Yeah. Um, let's go back to Macho Man. Sure. Um, like you said, his induction to the Hall of Fame is long overdue. And uh, definitely by the squared circle. It's a great book. Yeah, I think I'm going to pick a copy up. Um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, how did you feel about the announcement? Uh, I, I like being surprised on television. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not a big fan of them getting this info out to, because they're they're basically they're basically sending TMZ this info, and you know it's kind of the same thing they did with Darren Young mm-hmm. uh, when he came out. Uh, they're starting to to use TMZ. They're starting to utilize because that's where it came out first, right? Yeah, because I didn't I didn't know that watching last night or Monday night, and the entire time where they were just showing the. The uh, you know the video highlight of his career. Mm-hmm. The entire time, me, it felt like, hey, this must have gotten out somehow. Because if it hadn't, they would have just waited to like hour number two and just shown the video and come out with it like they they done with past superstars. Right. And and I, I brought up Daring Young because I think that's that's a real life story that you you should utilize something like TMZ. To you know, if, if you if, if that's if he's comfortable going that route, you know, utilizing that kind of quote unquote journalism, if you want to even call it that, uh, reporting whatever they whatever you consider TMZ, mm-hmm. um, that's something real life that you can use to that you can utilize uh, to to get the story out. But something that that isn't. I don't know. It's just different when you're making an announcement like inducting someone into a Hall of Fame that still doesn't technically exist. Still doesn't technically exist, and is very subjective, more so than any other Hall of Fame because it's. <gasps> you mean a Hall of Fame about a fake sport is subjective? Shocking! It's the most subjective Hall of Fame, if you want to call it that, because it's not voted upon by anybody. It's just is Vince able to. Uh, is he ready to induct these people, and is and is he uh, able they, to, to make an agreement with these people to bring them back? Can they mend fences? Right. Well, not just mend fences, but you know, because he doesn't have to mend fences with the Rock, but eventually he's going to have to, you know, build. Well, I'm talking about the the, what the last two big ones they had, uh, San Martino and Ultimate Warrior, and Ultimate and now um, <laughs> Macho Man, who is who since passed away as well about five. Six years ago, mm-hmm. now, uh, but it was dealing with with the uh, the Papo family. You know the um, the the story is that Mach always wanted to be inducted with 
his, his family. entire family. Oh, wow. Angelo, his father, and uh, Lanny, his brother, or Larry, I think. I can't remember what the, is Lanny or Larry. Um, Such way, yeah, we're close. Yeah, but it, you know those guys. Those guys didn't have the impact that the Macho Man Randy Savage had. Definitely not. Uh, and that's why Vince was never like willing to induct all three at the same time. You know, it's got to be Macho Macho Man has to stand alone uh, in his induction because all the greats have. Uh-huh. Ric Flair, who was a member of the Four Horsemen, is inducted with the Horsemen and on his own. Uh-huh. Hulk Hogan, uh, I think, is also in, no. He should be. You know, if you're going to induct the New World Order, the NWO, Hogan's got to be there. But he's also a standalone inductee. Well, it's going to be that way with Triple H. He'll be inducted by himself and with as a member of DX. Yeah, and that's how it should be because if you've made that that significant of an impact on your own, then you should be recognized for that. Um, and it's it's great that he's, he is recognized. Uh, you know, let's let's talk about the Macho Man though. I mean, he really made his name in the eighties, mm-hmm. uh, teaming with Hulk Hogan as the Mega Powers, uh, having that classic match against. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah, Everything gets home, uh, Hogan about Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, the you know snapping at the Slim Jims. Well, not just that, but the uh, the elaborate costume. You know the the cape and the you the know the tassels. tassels and everything like that. You know the the grit, the gritty gritty voice. Um, and yeah, Slim Jim. I mean, oh yes, snap into a Slim Jim. We, I, I probably would. Never eaten Slim Jim. It was if I didn't see Macho Man in those commercials, Macho Man put that company on the map mm-hmm. with his, with his, you know, with his commercials and with his personality. Uh, I mean, he is the face of that company when it's all said and done, and he's just a spokesman. But he will always that company will always be synonymous with Macho Man. Macho Man will always be synonymous with Slim Jim's. Well, no, with being one of the greatest wrestlers well, of all time. Okay, that too. But Slim Jim will always be synonymous with one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Uh, the guy dropped one of the most, probably the greatest flying elbow drops in all of wrestling. That that was his finisher, and it was about as perfect as it can get. Um, people since have tried their hardest to mm-hmm. emulate that <laughs> elbow and have not been as successful. Um, some guys are starting yeah. to use it now. And, um, Imitation is a, is a sincerest form of flattery. I gotta say, uh, I hated CM Punk's flying elbow. Thought it was awful. Uh, I love Dean Ambrose's flying elbow right now off the top rope. It is incredible. Um, but I think he's got a little more athleticism than Punk does, uh, or and did, you know, in his prime. Um, but you know, the flying elbow drop was. Uh, I mean, it was. You just spoke ill of CM Punk. Ashley's gonna kill you. I live. I might be looking for a new partner soon. No, it will, it will be fine. Punk's. I mean, I will be fine. She ain't coming after me. <laughs> I'm a fan of Punk. I like his. I like his promo skills and all that kind of stuff, and you know his intensity. And I'm, I'm excited that he's gonna. That he's in the UFC. I think it's gonna. It's. She's gonna watch that fight. She bad She used to badmouth UFC to me all the time. Well, a couple of times we talked about it. She didn't have you know a lot of flattering things to say about UFC, uh, but I guarantee you she'll be watching it now because it's CM Punk and that's what he's supposed to do. He he was brought in to bring people like her who 
don't care for mixed martial arts for you know combat sports like that mm. and that's an extra set of eyes that's going to be watching that product that night because you know because he came from the wrestling world and it was a, it's a brilliant move by the UFC um, that's going to have a lot of people intrigued a lot of people are already intrigued and cannot wait to see that that's very true back to Macho Man please but, but, but you know the flying elbow drop is just one of the greatest finishers I've ever seen um, it is iconic without a doubt I mean it's something that you can catch someone in, you know you, if you take photographs you can catch a guy in midair. Now it seems like in this day and age, it, the flying elbow drop is just a way to get a two count. <laughs> like it doesn't stop anybody now. Well, that's a lot. That's a lot of the finishers. Mm-hmm. DDT is the same way. Uh, power bomb is the same way. Power driver. Power, yeah, power driver. Um, you know those because they're not flashy moves anymore. Mm-hmm. You know they're they're kind of. I think any, just about any wrestler can you know put them in there. To, you know. In the repertoire, yeah. But uh, the super kick, this—that's one finisher that, man, that's really really tough watching. Uh, the super kick. I mean, Shawn Michaels knocked guys out with that and mm-hmm. won multiple championships with that finisher. And guys use it now, and it's barely used for a two count. D- Dolph Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler, Luke Harper. Uh, who else uses it? Rollins has used it. Um, and it's just, it's not the same move. It's not treated with, with the same reverence as it was when Shawn Michaels was using it. The Usos use it. They use it as a tandem. Yeah. They throw a double super kick and they still can't pin the guy. <laughs> they still have to do their finisher where they drop no. off the top. Splash on him. Splash from the top rope. They're both super kicking him and they can't knock out the opponent and get the pin. It's... Oh man, that's tough. That's one of my many complaints I have about wrestling. I want you to write down these complaints, and we'll have like an end of the month podcast where you just rant on. I might have to one because yeah, people are all. People were actually asking, "When does Anthony get to rant?" Because I rant all the time. Um, so, just getting back to the Macho Man. Very excited to be inducted. Uh, you know, great I, to see it. I remember long like, time coming. I remember him from. Slim Jim commercials. Mm-hmm. And then, for me, I remember him in the 90s with WCW. Uh, you know, he... I didn't really start watching wrestling until the mid-90s. And, you know, by that time, I was kind of leaning more towards WCW. But, oh! but at the same time, trying to split my time uh, between both companies. And he was on WCW. He was fighting the new the NWO and then joining the NWO um, and enjoying the Wolfpack and whatnot. Uh, and then, you know, start or having an appearance in Spider-Man. Uh, oh, yeah. He was Bone Crusher? Yeah. Cr- uh, yeah, Crusher. Crusher? Raven, I think. Crusher, whatever. But I remember. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. The third Spider-Man movie made me forget the awesomeness of the first two. <laughs> right. Um, so, Macho Man, glad to see him making it in. Just sad that it's, you know. He won't be there to accept it. Yeah. Uh, and, but, you know, and, and thankfully for the WWE Network, we can go back and, and watch all. And uh, we'll certainly be doing that as, as the build-up to the Hall of Fame, uh, you know. And how much is the WWE Network? Uh, 
some, some determined amount of money <laughs> that we keep shelling out for every month for reasons that are unknown to us. No, for the pay per views and oh, that's right, some original content. Yeah, can't wait uh, for Royal Rumble. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to going back and watching a lot of his matches. Mm-hmm. The matches I certainly don't remember seeing, you know, especially from the '80s um, and the early '90s as well. All right, that's good. Um, so we're at the 49 minute mark, so let's take this time to nerd out a little bit. Done sure. with the wrestling talk for right now. Um, during the national wait, so we weren't just nerding out, we nerd out more. <laughs> Marvel and DC nerding out, let's put it that way. Uh, during what was it last night's college football uh, championship game? Uh, Marvel came out with the second trailer for the Age of Ultron. Wait, you mean you weren't watching Raw? No, you're I was. You were watching. I was flipping between Raw, the the title game, and uh, the Rockets game last night. Gotcha. Um, so my controller got work out. So Marvel came out with the second trailer of the Age of Ultron. I just showed it to you about hmm, about thirty minutes before we started the podcast. Your thoughts? Looks impressive. You know, it's um, the visuals, of course, are stunning. Uh, it looks like a really, really gripping storyline as well. I just can't wait to see Tony Stark and the Hulkbuster armor going against the Hulk. Yeah, the, that scene looks awesome. The the few seconds that we got to see that, I mean, just crazy cool. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And you know, James Spader is the voice of Ultron. You, you got you, it like that. You know how I feel about James Spader. I'm pro James Spader. If you haven't watched <laughs> the Blacklist, you're missing. I don't like. <laughs> Uh, I've seen his other works. So. I'm I'm on the tank for James Spader. You know this. Oh yeah. Um, so excited to see that. Um, but the next Marvel movie coming out is Ant Man. That correct? Uh, I believe so. Or no? Does it come out after? I thought it came out before. Uh, you're making me Google this, aren't you? Quick, because the Avengers comes out what May May fifteenth. Yeah. I want to say Ant Man's in June. June. You might be right. Let me look. How dare you make me Google this? Ant Man, Don 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 Don, Ant Man, Ant Man, July. July. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I saw the trailer. I thought Ant Man was still in the Phase Two part. This is Phase Two still, isn't it? I thought the Avengers was the end of Phase Two. The Avengers uh, Two. I don't know. Well, I mean, la, 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 Batman, I saw the, the trailer. Batman. It was. They didn't really give away too much, mm-hmm. uh, so it was pretty underwhelming. But, um, you know, it, it'll be a good movie. I mean, it'll be... I, I, at this oh, point, I'm sorry. Ant-Man is the end of Phase 2. Okay. At this point, you know, Marvel's, Marvel knows what they're doing with these movies. Um, they know how to put out a pretty good movie. Um, this, this For me, this might be the weaker of all the Marvel movies I've seen. You know, that's true. And I feel like they'll still make $100 million off of it. Yeah. Um, how much is the budget on this thing? Ah, that's a show. Continue, though. I'm sorry. Yeah, but it, it's not going to be any... It won't be the blockbuster that Guardians of the Galaxy was in 2014. You think so? No, no, it won't. You sure? Because when Guardians of the, before Guardians of the Galaxy came out, no one thought that was going to be a blockbuster. Yeah, but that had more potential because of the intergalactic uh, aspect to it. You know, the cool visuals, all the different characters that were in it. Um Ant-Man could go along the lines. It could just be a kind of a generic-looking superhero movie. Uh, where Guardians had 
a lot going on that was really, really, that could hook just about anybody. Uh, and it did for the most part. Uh, I, I'm not too sure about Ant-Man, um, but I think it'll, you know, it's a Marvel movie. I think most people are trusting of the Marvel franchise, of Marvel brands. So I think most people will give it a shot and it'll do well at the box office, but just not, not you know, shattering numbers. Because people are going to have already seen The Avengers too, and by that time, most people will probably say, how can it get any better? Um, and we'll have deflated expectations uh, for Ant-Man going, going forward. So far in the Marvel, this Marvel movie universe, the movie that made the least amount of money in North America was The Incredible Hulk. $134 million. You think it does more or less? I'll say more, just because it was. Well, you know, that's it, <laughs> the value of the dollar is a lot different, <laughs> even though after seven years, or yeah, seven years. Uh, but I think, I think it'll just make more, barely make more than uh, than the Incredible Hulk. I agree. I think it makes like a hundred and fifty million. Billion? Million. Oh, okay. With the said, M. Okay. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. I can see, see it doing that much. By far the worst movie was that Hulk movie. No wonder they haven't decided to make a second one. Um, what was this? Now nah, I'm zoned out. Uh, we talked about that. So any new comic books you're reading? Uh, no, you just gave me the new Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm going to check out. Uh, really? Huh? What have you picked up lately? Well, I haven't really picked up much. Uh, we just went to Bedrock like three days ago. Yeah, but I um, they they haven't put out a new Batman sixty six in a couple weeks, um, so I've been getting some old back issues of stuff. No, tell the people what back issues you've gotten. Uh, I picked up Red Sonia issue number one mm-hmm. uh, from like I think it was like nineteen eighty one or something like that. Tell the people what's up, what it's about in case they never read it. It's a character that, um, a character from the, the Conan tales, uh, this like, like redheaded, you know, uh, warrior girl, like it looks, I haven't, I haven't gone through it yet, but it's, it's pretty cool. It looks pretty cool. The artwork's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the first issue, so I'm going to try and keep, you know, try and catch up to all those, to that run. Um, and then, uh, picked up. Black Panther issue number two. I picked up the first. <laughs> I picked up the very first issue right from like on. I think it was nineteen seventy nine or eighty something like that. Uh, so gonna try and keep up with those as well. You know, because they're you know the, the movie will be coming out in a couple of years, and you know it'll be it'll be cool to kind of catch up on those or to kind of be familiar with with his origin at least. Uh, even though you know they've done multiple storylines for these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have time for all the comments that you bought? No, we do not have time. We <laughs> to do not have time. Because <laughs> I know you've picked up quite a few. I have. I went to Bedrock today to pick up my box. Uh, my description is from the store on Westheimer. And I talked to the girl behind the counter, and they had a, you know, a sign-up sheet for DC Comics. And I was playing around, and I was like, Fat, fat, get that away from me. And the reason I don't read DC Comics isn't, be- isn't like I'm anti-DC. It's two reasons. One, I don't have the money to spend 
on any more and any more comic books. And we, when I started reading comic books, I jumped in with the Avengers versus X Men when I came back into comic books. Mm. And at that time, DC storylines were just so confused, so confusing. And then they restarted with the new Fifty Two, and now they have this thing where it's um. Basically, some of the storylines are in the current time period, and some of them have jumped forward five years. And I'm like, I don't, I, I don't have time to get back in this. <laughs> I, I'm too confused. I'm a simple man with simple dreams and simple comic books. Um, the one, uh, ones I picked up lately, you got the Ant Man number one. Um, it's a pretty funny book. I hope you enjoy it. It's from the same guys who uh, wrote the Superior Foes of Spider Man, which I won't let you read because that was a pretty funny comic book. Um, uh, no, both you, your dad, and I are into the new Captain America with uh, Sam Wilson as Captain America. Uh, so we're picking up. That's right. Right on. Um, solid. Solid. Is, uh, is, is issue three come out yet? No, it'll oh, be okay. coming out. Um, shows the ship date some is in between the eleventh and seventeenth, so it should be coming out in the next three or four days. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Uh, I got the latest Thor okay. with a female Thor. It's interesting. Um, usually, when I get new comic books, I usually when they have a new one comes out, I will read for the first storyline. And if it grabs me, then I'll stay. I'll grab it, add to my box. If not, if I no, if I can't stand the artist, I'll be like, well, maybe next time. Um, so right now, it's like Thor and Captain America will be added to my box. One comic that I'm like head over heels in love with right now is Miss Marvel. Um, sixteen year old uh, Muslim named Kamala Khan. She uh, finds out she's inhuman. She has these powers. She can shape shift right, and it's just it's like. Uh, the best way I can put it is like um, Spider Man when he first got his powers in high school. It's okay. like that. Think of like going a Muslim thing, going through the struggles of yeah. controlling your powers, keeping your identity secret. It's it's really it's a really heartwarming story. It's um and going through the awkward years. Yeah, of being a not just being a teenager, but also being a Muslim in America trying to. Live that dual life of being an American teenager and also having these responsibilities to your family and religion. It's a nice little glimpse into a side of America that we don't see that often. Gotcha. Uh, the writer herself, uh, her name escapes me right now, but she's actually a Muslim. And I, I just enjoy it. It's probably one of the best comics. It started last year and I want to say September. It's probably been one of the best comics going right now. Cool, cool. Um, which one was I going to say? Oh, uh, you know, we're, we can tie tie both both parts of this episode in, I guess, right now. But uh, CM Punk, you know, we talked about it earlier, he's doing, he's going to be... Pending an issue of Thor. The Thor Annual mm -hmm. uh, this year, which is it coming out next month, I think? I believe so. Okay. Is this, no, this going to be uh, the female Thor? No, I think this is a story about... Dear man, Thor. <laughs> man, Thor. Uh, and he's also doing uh, some. He's going to be doing some writing for DC as well. Mm -hmm. uh, he said, "I saw an interview he, he did. They're bringing back some uh, some old characters from I think the '50s, and he's going to be writing stories for them. Uh, so that's cool. You know, it, it's, I think uh, I'll definitely pick that one up. Yeah, I'm interested to see how you know how he does as you know uh, what kind of skills he he possesses as a writer." 
um, you know, how interesting can he make these stories? And you know, can he can he hook us? Oh, can I, he hook us the way he hooked audiences uh, as a performer? That reminds me. That's another reason to read the Superior Foles of Spider Man. At the end of the series, I believe it goes like seventeen issues. Mm-hmm. On the last issue, CM Punk. Who was a huge fan of that comic? He writes the ending letter for it. Oh, okay. Cool. So, if he writes the way he wrote that letter, I'm really excited for it because he was funny. Excellent, excellent. I don't think we have any more time for any of the comic books I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. You should put your. You should put a list. I I feel like writing like a, a synapse, but you know that will only be when they finish first write. I'm also reading the. New um, Iron Man issue, um, the Superior Iron Man, where he's kind of a dick. <laughs> he's basically he's gone back to how he was before he got the shrapnel on his chest. He's out. He's alcoholic. He's egomaniac and um, womanizer. Yeah, womanizer. And uh, it's. Cr- I think I showed you a scene where, like, he's in San Francisco now. He's out in New York, and he's introduced what extremists. <laughs> To the to the public, yeah. and like the first dose is free, but then afterwards you have it's like a hundred dollars a day to keep it going. So basically, he's become a like a, a pusher. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like ah, Dick Spider, and he's like he's going against Daredevil right now. I was like Dick Spider Man, uh, Dick um, Iron Man. This is awesome. So I'm liking that right now. Uh, nice. Uh, let's see. I heard the Daredevil. Show is on Netflix already. Is it is started it? or is it in production? I thought it was in production. I don't oh, think okay. it's starting yet. Something about it. There was a show on Netflix that was coming up pretty soon. Uh, Gotham just started back last week after the winter hiatus. Uh, so it's still technically season one. Uh, it was a good episode. It's, uh, it's been a great show so far. I like all the characters that uh, they've introduced. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously. Bruce Wayne, Batman is not the focal point of this show. You know, it's it's the supporting cast that uh-huh. um, you know that really help him become the the man and the superhero that he is destined to become later on. Um, but it's definitely been a great show to watch. I've really been into the Flash as well. I was I didn't think I was going to like the Flash, but it's been a really good show, and it's I think it starts back up next week. Have you watched Arrow? Um. No, because that's that's three seasons in, and I, I'm behind on everything. Like I saw Netflix. Get your, yeah. yeah, I saw uh, I saw the crossover they did the crossover episode they did with the Flash, uh, and that was really good. Uh, and I tried to watch a couple of other um, couple of other episodes, but uh, just haven't gotten through them yet. I haven't recorded though. Um, what else? Right now, Agent Carter. Started you have you seen the first episode? No, I, I missed it. I have not. There are so many things on my DVR, <laughs> and every day just grows. Um, Agent of Shield should be back. We'll be back when Agent when um, Agent Carter goes off. No, you still haven't watched that, have you? I haven't. I never he, got into it. You that and um, Captain America Winter, Winter Soldier, the two things that you need to see. You got to watch Agent of Shield. Then there's a break, and then you go see <laughs> Captain America. And then you, then like. After the Captain America movie comes out, when you jump back in the shield, that's when it really picks up. Come and especially the last season has been, as they would say back in the early two thousands, off the chain, yo. <laughs> um, old school, old school. 
Anything else? Oh, man. We've covered it quite a bit. We've kind of, you know... Uh, I like how we've covered more than one topic mm-hmm. this episode. We do that every once in a while. Yeah. Give the people what they need, what they want. <laughs> uh, let's talk about upcoming episodes real quick. Give people... So hope we've got to do a basketball episode. Yes, we, we do. We've neglected basketball all season. I blame myself for this because we never did a basketball preview. Do you remember why? Because uh, we didn't know if the Rockets were going to be on television. I that's the way I see it. I, I can't remember. There was a, there was like a valid reason that we didn't do a Rockets uh, NBA preview. Can't remember if we were like busy or whatever. If I if I, didn't, I can't remember, but we just didn't and. I, I know I've fallen behind on writing my Rockets report. I'm like, the next one I'm doing is like, uh, I think I'm going to have it out Friday, and it's almost 4,000 words. It's sad that I... Uh, have the, the roots, and you don't watch the Rockets? I don't. I mean, Same here. Because I... And I was like, man, I really wish I could watch the Rockets, but now that I can't, I just... I was away from it so long that it just... They're a second thought to me at this point. I mean, I try to keep up with highlights and you know read up on on the internet, but uh, and I know they're doing they're doing pretty well this year, but uh, I just have not kept up with them as much as I have in the past. Ditto. What else? Uh, we're gonna do another NFL pro playoff preview. Yeah, we got um, we're, we're probably gonna record that one on Friday and put out Saturday. Like we did last week because... We're down to two games well, on Sunday. Well, that and I work late on Friday. Oh, okay. Because usually I would say, let's record... No, let's record on Thursday and put it out Friday. But I work at the crazy time of 5 a.m. on Friday. So I'm day. like... Because <laughs> we, we record this around 9, 10 o'clock. I don't want to come out here, drive out here, record, then drive back home, and then wake up at the wake up at 4 o'clock. So yeah. we record Friday, put it out on Saturday... So that's good. This man over here is on fire. You're betting with this man over here. You've made money. You bet with me. Well, you broke even. Your house is... You, you're not foreclosed. You got the Seahawks, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All about the Seahawks. Or else my girlfriend will take a knife to my throat. Um, any other future projects? I know we have a movie draft that I've thrown, the idea I've thrown to you a couple of times that we need to do. We need, yeah, we need to get mm-hmm. back to that. That'll, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. That'll be a good, good time. Uh, we should watch a movie and critique it or kind of go over it. There's some podcasts that have done that. They've looked at different stuff and I think it would be a fun idea just to kind of give our thoughts on ridiculous moments. Like that that YouTube channel you watch all oh, the time. Oh, Cinema Sins? Yeah. And do like that? We should do something like that. <laughs> what, you want to watch the movie and, talk, and record the podcast at the same time? Because I don't think we have two hours. Or we, we could do a you know review afterwards mm-hmm. and then... Tie in some clips or something like that. Just some ideas out there. We need someone who's like technically savvy to run like um, the other websites like YouTube and maybe like we talk- Well, we'll work on that. <laughs> we still have to work on um, you know what we want to do our review, our tech reviews, the Mejias. Possibly, yeah, we talk about that off off air. Um, Get Steve Rob, the producer of nothing, give him something to do. See how that goes. Change his title to producer of something. Producer of deep nuts. Every level. Every, every, every level. My God. 
All right, I guess we're done. We're good here. Yeah, uh, we're on Twitter. Believe it or not, every time you say that, you sound surprised. <laughs> you, you're like, "Well, we're on Twitter." We're like, we're on Twitter. Yeah, hey, you know, because it should be a surprise every week. Tweet and we twat apparently because we might have new listeners each episode. Hopefully, we have new listeners each episode. Mm-hmm. So we're on Twitter. Uh, you find me at ant underscore Garcia two eight eight. You find the uh, our main our main site at two eight eight. 288 underscore. Give them the right Twitter, please. Yeah. And I'm at at DQ327. Yeah. Follow us. Uh, keep up with us. We appreciate all the love as always and support. Uh, keep keep tuning in. Keep doing what you're doing, guys. All right. Like you said, thanks for listening. For Anthony, I'm DeQuincy. Later, babies. <laughs>